Wonderful. Lord, we, we praise you. We worship you this morning. We do lift your name up high. We magnify you. You, you have sent a place in our lives, and uh, we just want to lift you up high and see you exalted in this time. This meeting is all about you, and the reason we've gathered here is to lift your name up high and to magnify you, Jesus. Amen. Well, the message that I have to preach to you this morning is entitled, Are We Being Led Astray or Led in the Way? Capital T, capital W. And, but just before I get into that, I, this is actually this is my second uh, meeting this Sunday. I've already spent some time with the Lord. And this morning when I was just praying and just reading in His Word, uh, I really felt God encouraging me to share something for you this morning. So I'm going to try and share this word and then kind of mix it in with what I had planned to preach. I'll probably cut a lot of what I had out. Um, but this is what I felt. I, I felt that God is encouraging me and I believe in the wider church. I believe that he's encouraging the church uh, not to waste this time. I really believe that this is an opportunity for us to grow as believers. Don't allow the banks of ungodliness or the banks of godliness to erode in your life. And uh, James 1 verse 2 says this, says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trials, and the whole world is going through a trial at the moment. And when we go through a trial, it's not necessarily that God has given us this trial, but every time we go through a trial, our faith gets tested. And it says here that when you go through various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, but endurance must do its complete work so that you may be mature and complete and lacking nothing. And during this time, all of our routines have changed. Most of us are working from home. Our kids are at home. Uh, we, we meet for Sunday meetings now in homes. We meet for prayer meetings in homes. We meet for connect groups in homes. And the temptation is, is for us to slip into a lifestyle of doing less or doing nothing. And uh, to wake up later, to maybe not get dressed in the morning and spend the whole day at home in your PJs or something like that. And it's very easy for us to neglect spending time with the Lord or reading His Word or even praying. Um, the, this global crisis is testing all of our faith. And if we discipline ourselves to live godly lives, it's going to produce endurance and endurance is going to produce maturity, and that is going to bring us into a place where we lack nothing. And I really believe that this is a time for us to sow good seed in our lives. And I, I believe that some of you are even going to experience a hundredfold harvest in this time. Uh, I've, I've seen some, a lot of people online and on Facebook and on social media saying that it's been a wonderful time for them to reconnect with their families. Husbands and wives are spending more time together. People are spending more time with their children, which is a wonderful thing, but that's just one piece of the pie. It's one part of our lives, and I really believe that God wants every area of our lives to grow, to mature, for us to thrive in. I really believe that this is not a time to be kind of surviving, but it's a time to be thriving in the Lord. And that's going to come out of a place of us pressing in on the Lord, 
using this opportunity to spend time with God. So I want to encourage you to put some good banks to your river. Make sure that you're getting up in the morning and that you're spending time with the Lord. Make sure that you're eating well, you're exercising. I need that in my life. I'm trying to get out every day and go for a good walk. I'm trying to eat healthily. Uh, I'm disciplining myself to spend time with the Lord. And if I believe if we put all these things in place, we're going to come out of the other side of this global pandemic victorious, but not just victorious, but not lacking anything. We're going to, what we have at the end of it, I believe, is going to be more than what we had going into the beginning of this. And I, I strongly believe God is saying to us, don't waste this opportunity. Don't allow yourself to slide into a position where we, we're in a, where we get into such bad habits in life that when this crisis ends, we've got to kind of get everything going again. Get up early, get the kids to school, have breakfast, have all this other thing. But it's very easy to allow ourselves to slide into a position where we eventually go down to two meals a day because we're getting up so late in the morning um, and we, we're not spending time with God. It just develops into a bad habit. And so I believe God is encouraging us. Consider it a joy. What we are going through now is such an opportunity for us to get strong in the Lord, but we've got to use this time well. We've got to discipline ourselves. It, the, the choice is up to us. God's not going to make that choice for us. He said he's given us free will. It's up to us to make that choice. And the Bible says that the kingdom of God advances forcefully and forceful men lay a hold of it. What does that mean? Well, it means that we, there are two kingdoms and we have a king, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. But the kingdom of darkness is forcefully opposing us. And so every gain that we take in the kingdom, every time we get up and we pray, every time we read the word, every time we press in on the Lord and we get a word of encouragement for someone else or we do something uh, that's generous towards another person, every time we show love, it's, an, it's a forceful act because we are pushing against the kingdom of darkness. If we do nothing, the kingdom of darkness will push against us and push us backwards so that we end up not enduring, we don't mature, and then we'll come out of the other end of this where we do lack, and we've got to actually catch up again. I don't believe that's what God wants for His church. I believe that this is a time for His church to shine and His church to thrive. So use this time for the Lord. Discipline yourself. Make some good habits. Eat well. Think well. Sleep well. Press in on the Lord, read the word, pray, encourage each other, connect with people over the phone, connect with uh, guys online with, with video conferencing and that type of thing. But use this time well so that when it ends, we're a much stronger people in the Lord. Anyway, that's just what I felt this morning. Let me get into the message that I'd prepared. If you have your Bibles, just turn to 1 Corinthians in chapter 12, and we're going to look at verse 2. Verse 2 says this, You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshipping speechless idols. And that's when I read that earlier this week, that whole phrase of being led astray, it suddenly jumped at me of are we being led astray or are we being led in the way? As Christians, the Bible says that the sons of God are those who are led by the Spirit of God. 
that's the way that God wants us to, to live our lives, is to live a life where we're being constantly led by the Holy Spirit. This verse is saying that before you were a believer, you were led astray. And actually it says you were swept along. The picture that I have for that is a picture of someone in a river that's so strong that you're just being swept along. I remember times back in my younger years where we used to go tubing or, or rafting down a river. And I can remember one time where the, the instructor said to us, if you fall in, we had helmets on and life jackets. He said, the best thing you can do is if you fall in, especially in a rapid, is just make a ball, crunch up your knees to your chest, and while you're spinning around underwater, you just count to 10. Because when, you, when you're in that kind of washing machine, you don't know what's up or down, left or right. And so counting to 10 gives you time for your body to right itself the right way, and then you pop up for air. But you can get in a panic. But the thing is, you get swept along, and there's literally nothing you can do when you're in a river like that. You will end up where that river takes you. You are powerless to even swim to the shore. And that's the picture of what it's like to be an unbeliever. You are led astray and swept away. You are powerless to get into the path that God, that God really wants you to walk in. But as believers, now we have a choice. We're on a different path. We're on the path of God. But we, we still have a choice of how we are going to walk this path. And we really have two options. Option number one is that we choose to try and do this ourselves. Option number two is that we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. That's what I want to talk about this morning. In verse 3 of, of 1 Corinthians 2, the very next verse, Paul says this. He says, So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no, one's, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. He's saying that if you have the Holy Spirit... You can't curse Jesus if you're speaking under the influence of the Holy Spirit. But likewise, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't say Jesus is Lord because, and truly mean it from the bottom of your heart. I know that if I walk up to an unbeliever and say, can you say Jesus is Lord? They can say it, but they can't truly mean it. Because someone who says it and truly means it, it's actually they get saved. That's how you get saved. You confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart. So Paul is giving the, the Corinthian church an instruction of how do we know if people are being led by the Spirit or not being led by the Spirit. So that's really what we're looking at this morning. Being, what is, and I want to talk about what does being led by the Spirit actually look like. Another way of describing this path that we walk on as believers is, is to talk about it being a path of righteousness. Righteousness is a quality that's ascribed to God. It means that his actions are always just and always right. And secondly, God wants his people to be his image. So he wants us to walk in righteousness. He wants us to walk in a way that things are right and in, in, in a just way. In a, thing, in a way that things are right before God. Not, not right in our own eyes, but right in God's eyes. That's how God wants us to walk. And so this path or the way, in, in the book of Acts, the believers were called followers of the way and as followers of Jesus, really. Uh, this path that we walk in is living a life that reflects the righteousness of God 
as we worship and as we serve God. And as I mentioned before, we have two options of how we're going to walk this path. The Bible actually tells us that we have two options or two ways that we can achieve righteousness. But before I tell you what they are, let me give you, an exa- let me give you a little example. Imagine that I've got a coin in, in one of my hands and I hold up my hands to you and I say, choose a hand and try and guess which hand has the coin. But before you choose, I want you to know that my right hand has nothing. So now choose which hand has the coin. Obviously, you're going to choose my left hand. And that's essentially what God has done. He said, you've got two options, but I'm telling you now, if you choose one of these options, it's not going to work for you. The two options are the following. One is that you fully obey God's law. You don't break a single command. You obey every single command in the law. The Bible says if you do that, you will be righteous. The second way is to fully rely on God's grace and be led by the Spirit. Romans 2 verse 13 says this, For merely listening to the law doesn't make us right with God. It's by obeying the law that makes us right in His sight. So if you obey the whole law of God and you don't ever break a single one, you will be walking the path of righteousness. So that's what we can try and do. We can have our list of what we think is right or wrong and we can follow our little list and we can go, oh, I feel good today because I'm actually doing everything that I think is right. I'm walking in the right way. I've made some good decisions today. Everything is just tick, 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 tick. And so in my own eyes, I'm walking in a righteous way. And I know that every single one of you has a list. I have a list. You have a list. In fact, Paul had a list. Read Romans chapter 7. Paul says, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. What's that? It means Paul had a list. He had a list of things that he was trying to do and another list of things that he was trying not to do. But he says, actually trying to do it in my own strength. Man, I just fail all the time. The things I want to do, I don't end up doing. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing. And so the bad news is, if you have a list like this and if you're trying to walk this road, the bad news is, if you break just one command, you've broken the entire law. James 2 verse 10 says this. It says, For the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. And more bad news is that the Bible actually says that anyone who tries to obey the law will fail. No one is able to do it. And so that leaves us only really with option two. Remember the hands? God has said, if you pick this one, if you try and obey the law, it's not going to work. So please choose this option. And this is it, to fully rely on God's grace. Galatians 5 verse 4 says this, For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you've been cut off from Christ and you've fallen away from God's grace. A little bit later in verse 18, He says, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. So Paul's really saying you've got a choice. You either follow the law or you're under grace, but you can't have both. 
You can't do both at the same time. You can't say, well, I'm going to put in a bit of my own effort and I'm going to be led by the Spirit. You can only choose one or the other. What does it look like to be under grace? And how do we live under grace? Well, that verse that we've just read in verse 18, Galatians 5, says, but when you are directed by the Spirit of God, you are not under the obligations of the law of Moses. When you are directed or led by the Spirit, you are under grace. That's how God wants us to live, being led by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 verse 14, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Let me just... Let me close off. With, I'm going to cut out a section here. But let me close off with a little illustration which illustrates how, how we can be led by the Holy Spirit. But the struggle that we go through as Christians, and we've got to come to terms with this, is that all of us struggle with this. We, we kind of live in no man's land in the middle. And some days we get up, we, we kind of do a lot of things, we feel good, and then we realize, oh my word, I'm back under the list again instead of being led by the Holy Spirit. And so when we feel like we've failed, we feel terrible and we struggle because we think, oh man, how can I serve God when I've let him down and I haven't obeyed all the lists? Now I'm, now I'm in trouble. Instead of just being led by the Holy Spirit and asking him to lead us every day and fully relying on him. You see, this is the key thing. This is the main issue is that we don't trust God. We trust ourselves more than God. We think, man, if I just put myself in God's hand, I don't know if I'm going to get to the end. So I try and take matters into my own hands and I try and do things and try and make myself like all those things that I shared earlier with putting the banks in place, disciplining yourself, you know, getting up earlier and having a quiet time praying. You can say, well, let me try and do that. Let me make a list. Let me, let me do this. Or you can just say, Lord, Help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Give me the desire to do this. I know that this is going to be a benefit in my life, but give me the desire to get up. Help me to set these good habits in place. So there's actually a partnership going on here with the Holy Spirit. But let me end with this illustration. Imagine a Christian has to go from point A to point B. So you start your journey and you have to get to a, another place that's the end of your Christian walk, and it's a long way away, and it's through all sorts of country. Uh, you don't know the way, but the great thing is somebody gave you a map, and that's the Bible. We've been all given this map. We've been given a road map of how to walk in a way that's righteous. We know the law of God. We know the will of God, and so we start off this journey, and we think, hey, I'm a pretty good map reader. I'm sure I can get there. And we're going along okay, but after three days, we find ourselves in a dark forest. And it's nighttime, and it's raining and storming. There's lightning, and we don't know where we are. The, the forest is so thick, there's just branches all around us. And we don't realize it, but a meter in front of us is a precipice. And we, we, can, we have this sense that we're in imminent danger. We don't know what to do. And so we're stuck there, and we cry out for help. And then the next thing, we hear a voice saying, can I help you? And we turn around, oh, Holy Spirit, thank you that you are here. Yes, please, I need help from you. And so the Holy Spirit just says, reach out your hand and let me lead you. 
And so you take the Holy Spirit by the hand and he leads you out of that forest back onto the path. And now you're walking along the path with the Holy Spirit. And then you have this thought after a little while. You think, man, I really overreacted back there. You know, I, I think I could have got out of that forest on my own and I think I could have been okay. And so what was I worried about? And you turn around to talk to the Holy Spirit and share that with him and he's not there. He's gone. And you think, oh, I wonder where he's gone. But you go, oh, not a problem. I've still got the map. I, I think I, I'll be okay from here onwards. And so you start following your map. Three days later, you end up in sinking sand. And you're stuck in the sinking sand. And every time you try and move, you're sinking deeper, 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 deeper. And you realize, man, I'm in trouble here. If I keep going like this, I'm actually going to probably die. You're up to your neck in the sand and you're crying out for help help me is anyone out there and you hear that still small voice again that says can i help you oh holy spirit praise the lord yeah yes please and he he reaches out his hand he pulls you out of the sinking sand you're back on the path again and after a few days of walking with the holy spirit on the path you you turn to him and you say hey you know what i've got this amazing map I wonder if you'd like to use it. And the Holy Spirit says, no, it's okay. I know the way. And besides, I wrote that map. That's a, that's a picture that really illustrates the tension that we live in as Christians, where we fluctuate between trying to do this Christian walk in our own strength and trying to be led by the Holy and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us. The key word here is surrender. We need to surrender to the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, Lead me and guide me. I want to encourage you that as you look to maybe strengthen some of those banks in your life, that word that I shared earlier, let the Holy Spirit lead you to do it. Don't try and do it in your own strength. Don't try and tick boxes. Don't try and earn brownie points of favor with the Lord. Just surrender and say, Lord, the flesh is willing, but uh, sorry, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I don't want my flesh to lead me because it makes a bad leader. I want the Holy Spirit to lead me into the path that Jesus has for me. So I want to end with prayer, and I want to encourage you that if, if that's been you, if you've recognized that, hey, I've been fluctuating, or I've been trying to do things in my own strength, maybe there's breakthrough that you need in your life, and you've been trying, 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 trying. Well, I want to encourage you today to stop trying. Give up and let go and let the Holy Spirit lead you in your life. So Lord, we come to you this morning. I want to lift up each and every person that's watching this live stream. And I want to pray that you would help us to be led by the Holy Spirit. I pray for each and every one of us that the Holy Spirit would become our best friend. I pray that we would learn to still ourselves and to hear that still small voice speaking to us from the inside, that gentle touch where the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, don't go down that way. Come this way with me. Get up early in the morning. Spend some time in the Lord. Spend some time reading His Word. And not let it be law, but let it be something that the Holy Spirit comes and, and, and encourages us to do. Thank you, Lord, that your Word says that through the work of your Spirit, you write the law, your laws, on our heart. So they're not on tablets of stone, but they're written on the inside of us. And I pray that as we go into this coming week, that we would be led by your Spirit, 
that we would see incredible things happening, that we would bear much fruit, and we'd see the supernatural in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this live stream. God bless you. Have a great week. Connect with us on YouTube for the daily devotions on Monday. And trust God for amazing things. Trust Him for miracles in your life. Be blessed. Have a great day.